good, bro. We're here with Colin on the slow grift. Yeah, we're back. Back today. How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. It's March 10th. The inter- uh, sorry, you broke up there. What would you say? Two years ago. And we're still wearing masks. Oh, yeah. It is almost two years. Two years to celebrate the spread. Let's <laughs> celebrate it, right? Let's not slow. We're not slowing shit at this point. Let's just... Wow. Uh, ah, it's a party, right? No, actually, we're uh, we got two wars to stop the spread. I think that's <laughs> one up and uh, one left to go. Yeah, I think it'll be well, Taiwan. Yeah, it could be sure you know, it could be, be two Taiwan. wars: Ukraine versus Russia and the U.S. versus Russia. But actually, it's no, no, no. China, China, one, one more. Yeah, China's gonna take Taiwan, 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 Taiwan. <laughs> yeah. April showers bring May flowers. That's yeah. And June blood brings July floods. Right? <laughs> uh, you could save that one for later. I don't know if that works, but it works. Uh, it works. Well, there's a. I think there's a, a linkage for uh, why we're probably in this predicament, as you know, the thumb thumbnail uh, suggests. You know, we got some some beta cuck leaders uh, <laughs> running the show. And uh, I mean, I don't know who actually among them is the king, the king beta. Um, we dropped out. I don't. Uh Oh, did I drop out? Oh, no. You're good. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't know who the king beta is here, but it's uh, I don't think it's any of these guys. It's gotta be. It's gotta be the shadow president, the Obama. Obama. He's gotta be. He's got well, the crown. Dude, think of all the times when he would say, "Oh, Michelle's so much better than me," and that's all he would. He would always preface like he would cuck himself to Michelle every time. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Still yeah, does. So you're right. Yeah, he is kind of. Yeah. Now we got Biden doing the same. You know? Oh, God. Joe's so much better. Okay. Okay, Joe. All right. It's not endearing anymore. <laughs> no, I don't think it ever was. But um, so we got I we have some uh some things that uh you know it's just trends that I've been noticing, especially more recently within uh my the fellow male population, where you know, a lot of the time you're just like, dude, what well, no one's standing up, no one's speaking out, you're the or very few people are, and you're just like, why? <clears throat> is every guy actually this afraid or is it more just they're afraid of speaking out more so? And it seems like that's been more of the, the heart of the issue with a lot of COVID. Uh, Well, I'm just saying like 
just a lot of guys, guy friends that I know who I know they know it's bullshit, but they just are too afraid to say anything or to kind of go too outwardly against the narrative because then you'll be one of those guys, you know? Uh, and I think a lot of people, what's that? They'll be like, who, what? They'll be one of uh, the, you know, the anti-vax, like the uh, conspiracy. Th- like mm. if they speak out, they will be ostracized. And I think a lot of people in general are afraid of disapproval because uh, it's scary. It's scary to actually be authentic when it has consequences, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, well, I think there's that just because like what's that? There's a big difference between like uh, being afraid to speak out because you're living under authoritarian, you know, climate versus being afraid to speak out because you are afraid you'd be the person that you hate, mm. which to me is like a, a severe, severe uh, either, you know, mental. Um, Uh-oh, lost you there. Where you can't you can't be like you can't be confident enough in yourself to not to know that you won't become like the thing you hate. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that made sense, but well, yeah, I mean, so you, you, yeah, we all have kind of uh that side of ourselves that it becomes more you're vulnerable because you're being more uh in touch with that side of yourself which for a lot of people, they because they suppress it, they're afraid of it. Is that kind of what you're saying? And like, it could get in their mind. They don't. They don't haven't tamed the inner, you know, yeah, side it, of themselves. In basically, in a way, I think what I man, you keep breaking down. That's afraid of speaking out because of the way they're going to be perceived. Mm-hmm. I can understand, like that World War Two era kind of fear of speaking out because you're going to die mm-hmm. if you speak up, you know, or you're yeah, going like to go be targeted. Or, right. You'll be imprisoned or, you but know, that's the classic, but that's a classic thing though. It's like, if you didn't, they didn't speak out when they took the, you know, the Jews and then they didn't speak out like that. I know I'm paraphrasing, but yeah, the um, poem, it was in V for Vendetta, that whole poem. Oh, interesting. That came from um, me, or you know, but it's just like it's that progressive. Like I'm afraid. It starts with I'm afraid of social uh, disapproval, and and then it ends up with straight up totalitarianism because you just complied, 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 didn't speak out, were and just submissively agreed to things that you didn't actually agree with, um, and then you get to that point. So. Before we get there, because we're we're on a we're on a a path right now, I think as a society in a lot of ways that um, I'd like to shift. Um, I don't want that. I don't want no great reset. Not on those terms. <laughs> so uh, you're saying you would like to you like to have a reset, but not on the, on the path that it's going. Yeah, I mean, I think we. Here, yeah. we Everyone knows we need to do some things differently for sure. A full on yeah. reset? I don't know. I don't know if I even want like what that means, but individually, locally, sure, absolutely. And yeah, it would be like, great 
it'd be maybe great. Just, let's make the reset great again. <laughs> yeah. Like let's maybe reset how we uh, govern ourselves, you know, Yeah, yeah or how be, those institutions start. function or how, you know, corporations make money. Um, well, if you want to see uh, once, it's just a population reset. Oh yeah. They want everything. I mean, it's all, yeah. uh, do you want to, do you want to, uh, share screens so I can, yeah, yeah. I, I would, I want to share a quick clip before oh, I know sure. you. Yeah. Got oh, right. yeah, you gotta, yeah. We have to rotate. Cause like when did, when did, when did cuck start to become into when did, when did it creep into your, your consciousness? Um, you know, it's, <laughs> I'm curious if you have a similar click clip to, to myself, but, um, I would say for me, it was probably within the last few years that I really started using it. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, went to your clan you meeting. What's that? Since you, since you started your clan meetings, is that... <laughs> <I claiming? laughs> no, uh, uh, okay. Um, yeah, I saw, I, I was, I was hearing a lot of it in that, the great meme war of 2016. Yeah, yeah. And I think like potentially this this clip here might just give a you were saying, you know, cuck leaders. And thank God we avoided this one. I think the next president needs to be a lot <laughs> the interests of this country to get back in the business of creating a more peaceful world. Please clap. <laughs> Dude, that was. Uh, I mean, you usually associate beta energy, beta cuck with uh, like left wing, but yeah, there's beta cucks on all sides. It's yeah, not forget conservative. <laughs> Please, that's so sad. Please clap. Oh. Sad man, but. Yeah, let's get into what you got, because I'm I'm curious. Right, cool. I've been waiting two days to figure out <laughs> what's going well, on. Well, since you said that, um, this uh, we are we on it? Okay. Yep. This first clip is from tw I think 2016 when you know Trump was pretty much the nominee at this point, uh, and this is an explanation about what what a cuck is from this outlet mic check i've never or what is it uh is it mic check mike uh, so let's see what cuck is according to this guy there's a new word in town you know what they like to call people today i've noticed cuck it's like the kids on the internet have found a new insult you can hear it coming over the horizon like a swarm of angry geese cock 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 before we even get started let's be clear doing a video on the word cuck is the most cuck thing in the world i'm the cuckiest cuck this side of cuckopolis i know i'm aware i'm about to cuck myself cuck comes from the word cuckold by definition a cuckold is a guy whose wife cheats on him you've made a cuckold of me i know 
Over time, getting cheated on became a fetish, and naturally, it's led to a substantial amount of interracial cuckold porn. White husband watches his wife get rammed by a large black man. So labeling someone a cuck became a way to emasculate them. If you're a cuck, you're beta, you're weak, you're effeminate, you're a white knight beta cuck. <sighs> you're me. Two groups in particular have really latched. <laughs> this guy has, uh, I mean, it's part of his act to have this self-awareness about it, but it's just, it's funny. <laughs> all these sides he does. This guy, he's a cuck, right? Yeah. Let this cuck explain. I mean, it's I he's really a cuck. What's that? Oh, you broke up. Cuck you... by virtue of pretending to be a cuck to do a story about cuckery. Yeah, there's meta cuckery going on. It it's is. really it is. weird. Touched on to the word. The good, wholesome folks at 4chan who use the word to offend any guy they deem submissive or weak. Ultimate cuck. And ultra-right-wing conservatives who use the word to offend any conservative they deem submissive, compromising, or weak. Please clap. <laughs> Suddenly, any self-described <laughs> who did something even slightly socially progressive, like accept someone based on race, religion, or sexual orientation, was cucky. When Paul Ryan called out Donald Trump for being anti-Semitic, he was called a cuck-servative. Basically, the options became be racist or get cucked. That, <laughs> that's, yeah, see, that that's a totally, uh, it's a fair dichotomy to make, right? It's either yeah. you're a racist or you're a cuck. There's no in-between. Right. Love it. It must be uh, put forth by the ADL or something. Uh, yeah, something, man. Next thing you know, you're a cuck-servative if you're a race mixer, like Nick Searcy was getting in trouble for uh, adopting a black kid. Or you're a cuck-servative if you're Ezra Levant and you're Jewish and you don't hate Israel. Now the term is used to describe anyone who's socially progressive. In fact, Urban Dictionary, where middle schoolers go to learn the active verb of Houdini, defines a cuck as a demasculated millennial liberal male who often speaks of white privilege and modern feminism. Which is like, my whole brand. <laughs> <laughs> again what why dude i don't even know have you watched any more of what this guy does no i haven't uh, i actually i should i was i was meaning to look up sage boggins or whatever the hell his name is yeah i wonder if he's like being genuine or if this is just all satire <laughs> yeah, yeah. i mean a part of it is but then a part of it isn't because like I mean, all the things he's saying uh, is very cucky, but yeah, he's got cuck pride. Oh yeah, cuck. Ooh, hashtag, hashtag. Anything bad about other white people, you're definitely cuck. That's why Louis C.K. has been crowned cuck king. I mean, everything that we introduce to the world is shitty. <laughs> Meaning white people. So now it's like, oh, you think women deserve equal pay? You're a cuck. Oh, you think Black Lives Matter? You're such a cuck. Oh, you're Donald Trump? Miraculously, you're the only person who's not a cuck. It's almost like his campaign had a hand in incubating this entire offensive, ugly cuck culture. A small hand. He has very small hands. Cuck is an effective wow, insult so because it looks like every other ultra-offensive yeah, word wrapped into one and covered in weird sexual racist overtones. But people use it so often now, it doesn't even mean anything. I see people calling people cucks all the time. They're using it so often, <laughs> even though it's not, it's not really applicable. And they're doing it because it's a new one. Like, we've got a new one. Yes! Oh, feel free to call me a cuck in the comments. I already know you will. I want you to. This is your mic, Jack. 
<clears throat> I wow. want you to, and, and let me just, I, I, I want, I want a little cherry on top here for uh, mm. following along. Mike check. Mm. Oh, I want you to call me a cuck in the comments. Comments are turned off. Oh. <laughs> now, if that ain't Metacook, I don't know what it is. Dude. Is he, is he a dumb or a sub? What what's the deal with this guy? I don't know. I mean, he's got like it's not the worst attempt at uh this explanation. Uh, you know, some decent editing. But um if you okay, okay, yeah. Decent. If you want the worst, uh definition that i could find let's go head on over to mtv impact i'm sure you guys are all familiar with this uh youtube channel because it gets like 20 views per video it's ridiculous although this one uh which got ratioed and you can't see it anymore uh huh. this is impact. let's just there's a let's just see uh what the kids are learning over at MTV these days. See if you know, it's very down to earth. You can tell already. It's going to be uh, a look on her face. You packed hundreds of years of racism, sexism, and misogyny into just four letters. C-U-C-K. <laughs> Woo! If you've been online recently, you might have noticed the word cuck being thrown around. Wow. Not to be confused with that man. <laughs> I'm not. So, okay. I have to say here that cock, I heard it like okay, way back way when back it's, it's been it's been around in literature, cuckold, mm -hmm. you know, like Shakespeare, Chaucer. It's been around. And I, I remember knowing what that term meant when uh I believe that was the Royal Tenenbaums mm -hmm. with uh, Bill Murray. Yep. Yeah, and then so when I heard it a few times, just on like some videos or maybe streams, or like people ranting or whatever, I, I kind of intuitively was like, that, "That's a good insult." <laughs> what I did not know is how much it's talked about, uh, dude. I had no idea. I, you know, the, here the, I am, the deer horns in the back, the symbology <laughs> yeah. in the back. Yeah. Yeah, she's got a little uh, Corona over there too, huh? That too. Yeah, but I didn't re realize how many people have done like in-depth uh, cuck analysis. Yeah, well, it's very similar, is what you're going to notice. So clearly, there was okay. a, a counter narrative to how cuck was being thrown around on Reddit and 4chan at the time. Yeah, yeah. I was not privy to, to be honest. So, my yeah. like I'm saying, my use of the word cuck is more recent. I think I just kind of, I was a late, uh, late to the term, uh, as much as uh, like, I've been using it more because I've been seeing it more. Yeah. So I yeah. think COVID COVID really brought out the inner cuck in some people, man. It's well, I agree. I agree. to a point where, uh, I mean, it's funny to hear this version because it was around the lens of Trump and, and all that, but, uh, okay. I mean, it's, well, it's if that's the case, absurd. if that's the case, then, and then I'm, I'm willing to guess the narrative is, uh, Oh, you um, misogyny. Uh, yep, yeah. You can you can figure where this is going. White supremacy, <laughs> probably anti-Semitic, probably, which is ironic to me because uh, well, well, let's just go. I, yeah. Maybe that thought's not worth it. Male chicken. If you're a man who identifies as a feminist, cuck. Don't like Donald Trump. Cuck! Someone who likes a certain MTV web series host that you don't like? Cuck! 
Cook. To understand the history of Cook, look no further than directly. In <laughs> yeah, yeah, like girl, I don't think anyone really cares about. You. Yeah, I've never heard of her. This is painful. It gets yeah. worse. Intertwined components, misogyny and racism. There you go. The key ingredients in America's Ooh. favorite sandwich. Now, before we get into Cook's modern usage, we have to go all the way back to the innocent cuckoo bird. Cuckoo oh. birds lay their eggs in other birds' nests and leave them there to be raised. During the Middle Ages, that otherwise benign bird became a symbol for a husband with an unfaithful wife. From cuckoo came cuckold, which literally means a man whose wife has slept with another man and then raises a child who is not his. Long before guys on Reddit got a hold of the phrase, cuckolds were a staple in English literature. Shakespeare loved to use men's fear of becoming yeah. a cuckold as a plot point. Cuckolds even happened in rap music. Take <laughs> Kanye West's Gold Digger. 18 years, 18 years, and on our 18th birthday, he found out it wasn't his. Over time, the shortened version of the word cuck became more common. And that's likely because of two of America's favorite pastimes, racism and pornography. Cuckold or cuck became used to refer to a genre of porn where husbands, usually white, watch their wives have sex with another man, usually black. Not only is she cheating on you, but she's cheating with a man who's perceived as racially inferior. You know, I I honestly, until I saw both of these videos, and because I wasn't, you know, privy to this term or using it around mm -hmm. the time of, you know, Trump's election. I never made an association inherently with race. Like, well, that that's uh, I think what she's saying here is that that's how it's uh, that's like the subcategory of porn. Oh, that's true. I mean, it is, but even I feel like cucking isn't always uh, it, it isn't always a black guy. I mean, that's common. I think. no, it wasn't in back in Shakespeare's day. That's yeah. for sure. And it, yeah, it's I modern, weird, but. I mean. <clears throat> I mean, it is. Yeah, it is interesting. Uh, it is promoted, obviously, in, in porn in that in that respect. But now, but it's just funny how then they tie that into, uh, like the the whole picture of um, Trump or anything else. Well, yeah, it serves their narrative for yeah, sure. To they just two uh, versions of cucking, uh, and <laughs> we're gonna apply that term to everything to well, make you I not would... use it. <laughs> Yeah, and I wonder. I'm wondering too, like as far as the the pornography goes. I mean, what percentage of pornography is is produced by small hats, who are then creating the narrative, the uh, the racial narrative through porno? Uh, yeah, no, because that'll seep that'll seep in a, a person's mind much quicker than these MTV MTV videos or Mister Boggs over there or any other, you know. Huffington Post writer, whoever, mm -hmm. is not going to be able to paint the racial picture as well as pornography. So all they're doing is is <laughs> is cleaning up per se. Well, it's part this. of the dialectic. Those guys probably know that they'll have people uh, such as this woman to like argue against it, but in a in a disconnected way, and to prove a very specific point that is not really even that like directly connected you know yeah like, you can't say uh interracial cuckold porn is related to maga like that directly i mean you can make some like, lines if you want but it's it's just funny like uh let's let's play this out though 
But what leads many guys to use the term isn't just its racist undertones, but surprise, rampant sexism. Now, if you really want to know where the modern usage of cuck comes from, remember that pickup artist scene from the early 2000s, that mystery guy? I mean, it's better if you don't, but we got to talk about it. The pickup artist community's main goal was to teach socially awkward men how to lure women using a variety of manipulative techniques. So when it comes to men, pickup artists like to divide them into alphas and betas. An alpha is a guy who- Only, only pickup art, pickup artists, right? This is where this term came from? Is, is that is that my understanding? Alpha and betas came from- I thought she originally said it came from a, a cuckoo bird. Uh, yeah, but now, <laughs> which, which is interesting that, I mean, had she been a journalist or some, you know, any sort of analyst, uh, the cuckoo bird, there's a word for it. It's called parasitic brooding. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's where they, it's not only that they, they trick the bir other birds into raising their children. They kill all the other birds of, of the tricked bird. And then the bird raises uh, cuckoo birds instead of their own, which has very interesting connotations in terms right. of society now <laughs> that maybe is a, a topic for another time. Yeah. It's just, I, she's trying to infer modern usage from mystery, the pickup artist. I'm just right. Yeah. I, was it, was that guy that influential culturally? <laughs> no, I mean, this is lazy journalism. It's just, yeah. It's just like, Oh, I remember. Oh, let me just make that point. Yeah. Related to I mean, it's on TV after all. They got yeah, a, they probably course, have made an ad for it. They probably run <laughs> reruns of this show. Here I am holding a journalistic standard. No, that's all the sexy desires because his controlling and dominant personality is so attractive to women. That was sarcasm, by the way. Wow, Meanwhile, don't that's terrible. Just want to point that out. You you never if you have to explain that this is sarcasm, that's never a good line. No. That was anger, by the way. She read the line pretty good. I oh, bet she likes yeah. alpha males. <laughs> Yeah. Nice to be an alpha and supposedly is always being used by women and never gets laid. Being taught to respect women is referred to as betafying. And a beta is also often referred to as, you guessed it, a cuck. Essentially, hey, here, here we go. Here we go. Can you can you run it back five seconds? I just look at that that equivalency that there. Uh-huh. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, respecting it. So <laughs> She's virtuing, she's putting something virtuous, which is respect. I, I consider respect a virtue. Uh, respecting women, that's a virtuous act. To then equal that to a an insulting uh, pejorative is, <laughs> is, it's just basically lining up anybody to play the victim if they are insulted to then view Yes. Rather, rather than uh, maybe internalize or self-reflect on what they're being insulted for, they just pawn it off as being virtuous. So the more insults you get, <laughs> the more virtuous you become. Oh, I see. So somebody called like, man, she's sound like a beta cuck right now. Like, yeah, because I am, because I'm like Sage Boggs over here. I respect women. Why? Because I say Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Right. Or, or even I think like what we're seeing a lot, maybe, maybe we're, what I'm seeing a lot is a lot of like criticism towards the Biden administration 
is mm. just it's just like the vaccine. The more criticism you get, the more uh, side effects you get from the administration, the more it means to those in the cult, the COVIDians, because they haven't gone away. No, they haven't. The more criticism the administration gets, the more it's working in their eyes towards this future collective goal that we don't really even know what it is. It's just not dying from climate change as far as I can see. <laughs> yeah. I, I just think it's so great. Like with this, basically this, this video and the last video low key is glorifying beta mitt. Like how dare you even use that word? Be like trying to associate. No, it's a good thing to be a beta again encouraging kind of a demasculation as virtuous yeah but not saying that just say but here's what they're saying as an insult that and it's so weird it's all i mean it's inverted clown world but it's just it's bizarre yeah it's like play a version of plato's cave like they're they're casting Mm -hmm. shadows on the wall of these (laughs) horrible horrible people that use this term even though i've used it plenty of times I don't think it, it mean it's just a quick, easy way, <laughs> like the Urban Dictionary says, for me to just, you know, label something progressive. But mm-hmm. I also, I think, like, detrimentally progressive is how I use the term. <laughs> well, I you just have to look at this through the lens of, uh, like, the iron law of woke projection. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I was no, made aware tell. of it. Uh, basically everything that they're saying right now is what they actually like, just read this sentence, like being taught to respect women is referred to as beta fine. Just take that as what they themselves are saying, you know, like everything they're saying is a projection about, uh, what they themselves want to do. So everything w- w- regarding Trump, Oh, he's a dictator. He's going to declare a never ending state of emergency. He's going to lead us into world war three. And none of that happened during yeah. Trump, but one year into Biden, look where we're at. He's demented. He's, a, I mean, he's all those things. And then, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, just because like I stand with Ukraine. Hey, Hey, did you know that uh, there's a lot of neo-Nazis there? Yeah. yeah but, I mean, th- like, but I stand with, I mean, I stand with them. Those guys? I thought you were anti-racist. I mean, no, I mean that's not just them. And it's just yeah. you know, they you just get caught in this fucking loop, but um Yeah. Yeah. Uh which we'll get there. Let's just play out uh decoded MTV. Yeah, please. And a beta is also often referred to as you guessed it, a cuck. Essentially, to call someone a cuck is to imply that they aren't a real or strong man, as if there's only one way to be a man. Oh my God, masculinity is so fragile. Toxic. Did she say toxic? Fragile. No, fragile. Okay. Yeah, fragile. Male fragile. Yeah. Yeah. Look, they couldn't even use a real photo of her. I was just going to say that. I know. Let's use a doll. It's ridiculous. That's like Stephen Colbert not even (laughs) being able to spell out Trump in his title. 45. You remember that? 45 (laughs) Savage, bro. Uh, yeah, right. Trump has become the ideal alpha for many men. His ability to succeed not in spite of, but because of his arrogant and sexist behavior is sadly inspirational to them. Okay, great. Moving on. Say that. That's why people don't like to say cuck so much. 
because of power. To call someone a cuck is an attempt to wield power over them. Oh, well, I don't think so. Not strong and brave. But <laughs> not strong. Why are you demeaning being strong? So many. Her attitude She's is everything. Yeah. Everything that's wrong with like the woke. Strong and brave men do not respect women by protecting them. Yeah, no. No, of course not. What? No, you need a you need a man who's going to cower in the corner, ladies. That's what that's a true man. Come yeah. on. This, she it's no amazing idea. to me too that we've we've all just accepted such a digitization of our communication into our lives and then we insult people for communicating over the internet like slinging insults from their computer screens <laughs> like the old keyboard keyboard warrior in your basement yeah. it's like yeah i mean like that's how everybody communicates is through text <laughs> these days it's amazing let's roll this out like the person slinging insults from their computer screen. That was also sarcasm. But is it even an effective insult? Maybe, if upholding white supremacy and hypermasculinity is important to you. Otherwise, eh. cuck becomes a lot less powerful when you realize it's racist and sexist origins. Like most insults, cuck says a lot more about the person using it than the person being called one. We'll see you next week right here on Decoded. <sighs> It's racist and sexist origins when she herself cited it from originating from the Cooper. Uh huh. Yeah. No. No. Don't. No. The origins of uh, now of of yesterday. Oh, okay. Uh, my realization of my origin, the origins. You know, mystery. The pickup artist. <laughs> that's the origin of Alpha and Beta. Hello. So oh, I mean, unfortunately, that type of mindset is. Um, it's pretty common with uh, with a lot of people. Yeah, I mean that's that's ultimately the definition of a quick grift, right there. Yeah, just yeah, a little true. little three minute popper video. Got great graphics. I mean the the animation is great. I, yeah. I give it to them. It's MTV. Her oh. delivery is fine, but it's but it it's not though because she's just so smug. I mean, it's she's also reading it for money, right? I would wonder. I, I would I'd like to see who, who her boyfriend is. I mean, do these people who think they're resisting the patriarchy ever consider the fact that they're getting paid by like Viacom? Who was the guy <laughs> that was running that shit? It wasn't he kind of like Me Too. Uh, Colbert talked about him. God, he he was the guy. He was the the guy. Maybe it was the CBS guy. I can't remember. He died. No, the uh, was it Sumner Redstone, that billionaire that owned Viacom or whatever. That if you look up a picture, hold on, let me let me pull that up real quick. Yeah, it's creepy. Just so people know know who's paying, uh, at the time anyway, that that lady's pay uh, paycheck, um, and like this guy, this guy's pay. So if this guy, no offense, but if this guy. Right here, huh? If he's paying this guy, you know, yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, I'm not trying to judge a book by its cover or anything, but uh, I'm just saying that looks pretty close to some white supremacy. Uh, yeah, I mean, does that remind you of Hannibal, like that guy yeah, in the, the second movie who looks creepy? You know, so you're not fighting the power. No offense. 
Um, yeah. Should be obvious, but. Um, so there's. <clears throat> I I want to say doing this episode, I think, um, you know, there are characteristics you could you could you can read a, a couple characteristics about uh, betas, and they're not all like the worst thing in the world. Um, because, and I've had, you know, I've had moments where like looking back on it, it's like, yeah, that's kind of beta behavior. Like I was kind of some more submissive and wasn't asserting myself. And like, um, you know, everyone wants to think of themselves as the super alpha all the time, but like, you know, you're not like very, very few people are. Um, yeah. Human beings are dynamic. I mean, yeah. And it's similar to like, you can't always be masculine. Like everyone has feminine and masculine sides to them. And that's uh that's perfectly healthy and normal it's just a matter of you know like we never hear of toxic femininity because it's like why well, yeah that's silly and so is masculine. Exist. yeah neither yeah. of those exist they're it's a made-up construct i mean there can be an imbalance which i think uh, we've right had, is a, a patriarchal uh imbalance but i mean it's not presented that way obviously no no uh I wanna, I'm wondering if I want to us. Yeah, so let's let's roll into um, this is a, a few clips from Academy of Ideas. They do a lot of really in-depth, uh, quick YouTube videos. I took it from. Uh, yeah, they do really good. They're really good at boiling down like a, I, I would say a topic that might take a whole semester at a yeah. college to understand yeah. and boil it down to about 15 minutes. Exactly. Like quoting yeah. from a lot of deep literature that I wouldn't normally, you know, like it's it's a very valuable resource, but they've done a lot of a lot of videos on men, current men in the Western world and clearly that relates to our our topic today so let's let's uh, see what they have to say about the current state of of men in the western world we argued that due to the demise of the traditional family and an absence of rights of initiation many boys lack male role models to show them the way to manhood and so they are emerging into adulthood stuck in what the authors robert moore and douglas gillette called boy psychology in this series, we are going to provide a guide for how to outgrow boy psychology and attain manhood. To do this, we are going to look away from contemporary Western culture, which is overwhelmed by ideas which view masculinity as toxic, and approach the topic of manhood from an anthropological point of view. Drawing from David Gilmore's classic book, Manhood in the Making, we will examine what differing cultures across the world have thought regarding the question, what does it mean to be a man? The purpose of this examination will be to isolate the traits, virtues, and attitudes essential to manhood, thereby creating a map of manhood we can use to outgrow our boy psychology and achieve the benefits which, cross-culturally, are the prerogative of the potent man. In the present crisis of masculinity, we do not need, as some feminists are saying, less masculine power. We need more, but we need more of the mature masculine. We need more man psychology. We need to develop a sense of calmness about masculine power so we don't have to act out dominating, disempowering behavior toward others. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it, I, I think we're, we're kind of confused. I think most men, I, I, mean, I think most people, most men and women are confused about 
what it means to be a man or a woman. Sure. Uh, especially as things have become more fluid and you have, you know, the, the trans uh, transgender uh, issues and like all, all those things coming into play where it kind of can, I just generally, especially with uh, the labeling of masculinity as toxic and it's not, yeah. it's not like they're saying they're they'll say, well, I'm not saying all masculinity. They might say that. But just the idea of masculinity is associated with the patriarchy, war, all the worst things of society. When in reality, on an individual level, you need these characteristics. And I don't know, uh, growing up, like, I mean, especially in Western society, when when do you become a man? In Western society? Like, what? at what point, I mean, is it when you move out of your house, your parents' home? Is it when you go to college? Like, no. Is it when you get a job? Not necessarily. I don't know. When do you uh, think it should minutes. be? What's that? When do you think it should be? Well, I mean, I guess the, the better question is how does it come about? Like, how, how do you become a man? And what does that even mean? Because it's not just being an adult person or like well, being, it's, it's uh, mystical it's mystical yeah it's um, ambiguous as well and i and i say that even though like other cultures have rites of passage and stuff like that but even those aren't you can't explain those those are also mm-hmm. mystical and ambiguous sure it's just that they have an event with a bunch of other men um and a, and a ceremony to mm-hmm. put it to um I mean, the Western equivalent, which is not even an equivalent, maybe a bachelor party. Right. Yeah. Rite of passage. I mean, I mean, but it's but it's like a yeah, it's a cheap version of like you don't become a man by like going to a strip club or getting drunk with your friends or like, you know, plus plus you you can get married at any age. So it's not really age specific. Whereas I believe probably in other cultures, there's an age. Mm hmm. You know, a certain age. I, I assume at puberty. You know, is when when it when at least I think at least you should should start the journey of beginning to think about how how to be a man or what mm-hmm. kind of man you want to be. You know. Yeah, I and these are questions and ideas I never really thought about until until pretty recently. You know, because it's just not really, it's not emphasized uh, at least. Like my dad and brother, you know, it's just not in in our culture. There's not a context for like, okay, I mean, unless your dad is a hunter and he's going to take you out like on your first hunt and like, oh, you got, you know, that's some rite of passage. I mean, you still kind of have that in, in, you know, if your family has that, uh, you know, like if they're if they're hunters. But um, generally speaking, there's not a very clear cut cultural part of like, all right, now this makes you a man. Because a lot of that's been inverted or perverted uh, to to mean something bad, and yeah. clearly yeah. that's not the case about masculinity. Uh, of you know, inherently masculinity is not toxic, right? So, yeah. uh, let's get to clip two here, where they talk a little further about uh, what it means to become a man. Okay. Throughout history, rites of initiation have assisted boys in the process of separation individuation. Through trials and tests overseen by male elders, the boy dies and is reborn a man. 
Femininity unfolds naturally, whereas masculinity must be achieved. And here is where the male ritual cult steps in. But in the modern West, adequate male role models capable of initiating a boy into manhood are few and far between. Many men are emerging into adulthood without having left the psychological womb of the mother. As a result of not being taught how to embrace struggle, become self-reliant, and engage in the ceaseless enterprise which cross-culturally is expected of the potent man, many men are consumed by lethargy, the desire to evade reality, and escape danger by seeking solace at the mother's side. They are succumbing to what Thomas Gregor in his study of the Mahunaku tribe of Brazil referred to as the desire to take the path back to fusion with the mother and the pleasures of infancy. Or in other words, they are consumed by what Carl Jung called the spirit of regression, who threatens us with bondage to the mother and with dissolution and extinction in the unconscious. And I just want to point out, again, dealing with inversion, everything's inverted here, progression, pro progress, progressive, mm -hmm. often is in the male context referred to the spirit of regression. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah. In succumbing to the spirit of regression, we adopt lifestyles antithetical to manhood. One such lifestyle which Jung repeatedly warned of is what in mythological terms is referred to as the incestuous marriage to the mother, whereby one remains in the psychological womb of the mother well into old age. If this situation is dramatized, then there appears before you on the psychological stage a man living regressively, seeking his childhood and his mother, fleeing from a cold, cruel world which denies him understanding. Often a mother appears beside him who apparently shows not the slightest concern that her little son should become a man, but who, with tireless and self-immolating effort, neglects nothing that might hinder him from growing up and marrying. You behold the secret conspiracy between mother and son, and how each helps the other to betray life. And my boy Carl hits hard. <laughs> yeah. No. You, you see that I, I've seen that with a few people with you know, you've you everyone's probably seen it like the in, just inappropriate relationship where yeah. you're like, okay there's being a mama's boy and then there's being like this is unhealthy you know well Robert Robert down here you see he he brings up a good point show me a gay man who's not a mama's boy <laughs> who's that Robert I guess Robert Luke what up Robert oh but yeah got Gotcha. Cool. I, yeah, he said no offense, but this is just a, a different form of Freudian theory. Sure. Which possibly, but it, it's also an evolution of Freudian theory. You know, it's explaining Freud a little bit, I think, more poignantly. Yeah, I, I guess, yeah. I mean, Jung was a, what was it? It was like he was a contemporary, not a protege. Or was he a protege right. of Freud? Either way, there, it's I usually the first two. Yeah, yeah, it's usually the first two you learn when you're talking about analytical um, psychology. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, they're the OGs. Uh, yeah. I think there's they have a little bit of uh, some solutions here in this clip, maybe. As the often quoted saying by Michael Hopp puts it, weak men create hard times. Or as David Gilmore summarizes, Real men are expected to tame nature in order to recreate and bolster the basic kinship units of their society. That is, to reinvent and perpetuate the social order by will, to create something of value from nothing, 
Manhood is a kind of male procreation. Its heroic quality lies in its self-direction and discipline. Its absolute self-reliance, in a word, it's agential autonomy. Agential autonomy. I know. <laughs> deep stuff. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's a part of, so what is it, like the hero's journey, Joseph Campbell, like, you kind of have to, you got to face some demons, you got to be courageous, you can't just retreat and regress. And, and that's kind of like some degree of courage or bravery, whatever that means, or to challenge yourself. Um, yeah, some context. And I, I kind of, I wish there was more of this. And I know there is kind of a, a return to that. Like there are male men's groups are like, you know, trying to encourage some type of rite of passage uh, because I do think it is still very relevant um, just to understand what, the responsibilities of being an adult and a, being an adult man. Um, yeah, but I think there can be rites of passage on both sides, but of course I, I agree too. I, but about these, these uh, men's groups and stuff, isn't that, that sounds so like proud boys, like how proud. Oh, boys I know. Are. Yeah. It gets, well, that's the problem. It has that association. And I guess it depends who's running the men's group, but um, yeah. you know, cause then it gets associated with men's rights and all that. When it doesn't, it might have that association, but at the same time, it's not like, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be based around like necessarily the court system. But that's a, that's a separate conversation because there are a lot of issues with that. Um, and I think like what you said about that it being not being able to confront something along the lines of standing up or confronting, you know, hardships or struggles um, has has been largely taken away by the internet, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can a you know you can sit in your dwelling all day long with the internet uh -oh. or uh, having conflict on the internet such as like shit posting or you know trash talking on the internet you, you're giving yourself a false sense of of bravery by you know throwing out that post to that person or that reply or Hey, you got, you know, keyboard warrior, come kick my ass if you're so strong. You know, you can talk all the shit that if you were seeing that in real mm -hmm. life, you'd, you'd get hit in the mouth so hard. And so oh, yeah. fast. Yeah. Depending on who you're talking to. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a great refuge for cowards or in message boards, social media, uh, all of that. Because I mean, I, I've dealt with that. Granted, I'm still posting online, but it's not it's not anonymous and I'm not like running in and trolling as somebody who would never say that in person. Like I'd love to talk in person about this stuff, but you know, you get those sure. people who just use that use that platform in the most um just <clears throat> just derogatory way because they're incapable of speaking with you eye to eye because they're they're clearly not secure in their beliefs but they still need to tell you that you're wrong you know mm -hmm. but that only how you're right that 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 kind of behavior is enabled by the internet for the for a lot of people who would never speak out in that way to somebody in person um and i want to bring Long in my boy before, hey you got smacked around or you know b you just you got verbally abused Mm -hmm. 
it's like I, I kind of can subscribe, you know, and top my toxic masculinity here is is that bullies in high school, you know, they serve a purpose. They they put yeah, they put a lot of behavior in line, you know, and mm-hmm. it doesn't well, mean like, again, that if you're not getting bullied, that, that doesn't mean that you're acting right or you're a good person. But like, you know, they they do they do quell a lot of of bad behavior and like kind of punk deviant behavior as far as adolescents go hmm. yeah and that's i mean that's just part of like slaying the dragon you know like as a in the hero's journey so to speak sometimes you got a lot of fucking assholes as kids i mean i hated uh high school and a lot of middle school for that reason uh, yeah. and it's, it's hard but that's part of you know you can't put bubble wrap around every single part of life and expect to create resilient adults and that goes for both men and women and like it's the participation show like you remember <laughs> isn't that so funny you remember all those uh part- did you get participation trophies was that going on when you were nope okay so i'm a little bit younger than you because that is so funny we you get that every at the end of every season is like here's a trophy and you, it, it, i always thought like all right, cool. I mean, this looks cool. What am I going to like? Even then it was like, okay, what, why did you need to give this to me? Well, you did it. What did we do? We didn't even, we won like two games. You're saying as a, as, as a adolescent, you were questioning your, your, your participation trophy. Yeah, well, yeah. And then think about it. Like, did I, hold, did I hold on to any participation trophies? No, I threw that shit out. Like, so it's just another waste. Yeah, can you did did you ever see <laughs> this is fun did you ever see anybody in college who was like oh yeah dude look at all my trophies <laughs> like no it is no did like, you no because <laughs> wow. thankfully i mean that might be happening more now because it's been betafied according to francesca there yeah uh, let's talk let's uh let's go to my man jp let's get him you know talk about uh you know, can you be a virtuous person uh, acting like this? You're obedient citizen, and then you're asked to violate your conscience a little bit. Yeah. And you, you have to because you don't have anything other than that persona. And so and that's obedience. And so a little more obedience is demanded. And you say, okay, well, and then you're a little bent like, because the society is becoming a little bent. And then you're a little weaker. <laughs> Then they, you're asked to violate your conscience a little bit more, and you think, well, there's a little less of me, and the pressure's on a little more, and I could have said no before, but I didn't. So you say yes again, and you say yes again, and then and then you have a society where one-third of the population is informing on the other two-thirds. It's hell. Wow. <laughs> yeah, man. Whew. Wow, let's roll, roll it again. Yeah, you want it. <laughs> I do. I want to hear all I, that I again. This is again like 2016, 2017 when he came yeah. on the scene. You're you're obedient citizen, and then you're asked to violate your conscience a little bit. Yeah, and you you have to because you don't have anything other than that persona, and so and that's obedience. And so, a little more obedience is demanded. And you say okay. Well, and then you're a little bent because the society is becoming a little bent, and then you're a little weaker. And then they, you're asked to violate your conscience a little bit more, and you think. Well, there's a little less of me and the pressure's on a little more. And I could have said no before, but I didn't. So you say yes again. Then you say yes again. And then and then you have a society where one third of the population is informing on the other two thirds. It's hell. 
That's hell. Yep. It's, that's, that's what it feels like now. You remember how, dude, I mean, think about it in, in LA, uh, Gar- uh, Garcetti, Mayor Garcetti was shutting people's utilities off and encouraging people to tattle on one another for having parties. Yeah. Yep. That shit was happening. That. Yeah. And like, yeah. that was crazy. I mean, that's that just happened in front of our eyes, but it was enabled. I mean, I'm not going to say there's a lot of betas in Los Angeles, but I mean, I'm not going to not say that. Um, I mean, we don't know. We don't know. I just, I just pointed it out. But, uh, you know, like, how did we how, see? Look at the places that got the furthest in the U.S. culturally. Like, is there are those strong uh courageous men or not you, you mean they got the furthest in, in what, what oh respect? in the most authoritarian in the u.s regarding COVID. Uh, oh we got what new york la, yeah, LA Washington, LA, i mean portland, portland Seattle, also uh, like well, <laughs> soy boy places oh, i yeah. mean <laughs> interesting yeah 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 well let's see if uh so uh, yeah. when he's talking about obedience and and just like to, you know it's it's I can't help but thinking like television and commercials, you know you you're you want to watch what you want to watch and you're forced to watch commercials just to get to that next part, just to get to that next part. And I I feel like in some way this pre programs us all to endure a lot of the nonsense you know, <laughs> on, the, on the subconscious level. Yeah. It's, it's very it's insane how deep that programming goes. Yeah. So you tolerate. Well, that's God. That's it's so priming true. the priming the pump to what Man. Jordan's here is talking about. I'm kidding. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> his, his inflection, his inflection on his words is just like sometimes he talks like this, and then <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Well, <laughs> as, as shout out to Albert in the chat, like make your bed, Albert. Make, <laughs> make your bed. How can you go to sleep without a blanket? And I don't understand, but I think I know. It's not enough for you to have courage. You gotta, you gotta wake up every day, and then you gotta put your bed back together again. So when you when you go to bed, it's nice and tidy, and the sheets are all tight in there. <laughs> uh, well, man, it's too bad because he's got good things to say. <laughs> this is Jordan is prime though uh yeah let's let's see what else he has to say because one of the old metaphysical problems is why would god allow evil into the world i think well maybe god didn't allow evil into the world maybe god allowed the possibility of evil into the world that's different and maybe the world with the possibility of evil is actually a better world than the world without the possibility of evil it's something like that you know in that Maybe a man is better when he's a dangerous man who's being good than he would be if he was just a good man who wasn't capable of being dangerous. And I believe that because the best men that I've ever met are very dangerous men. You don't mess with them. Yeah. So, and you know that as soon as you meet Do you think weak men can be virtuous? No. Because I think that when you're weak, let's say that signals that you don't have the options to sin. Right. Which is something that creates resentment. And resentment creates corruption. Mm-hmm. So in this sequence, do you think that someone without teeth or without the options to sin can be can, can be, be good? See, that's a, that's a real theological question, right? Because the question you're asking is, and this is tied up with the idea of free will and evil. 
can a person who doesn't have the option to be evil be good? And I would say no. So maybe that's the reason that metaphysically speaking, you know, and I don't know where you are when you're speaking metaphysically exactly, but the question of why is there evil in the world is a constant question. It's like, it's possible that without the possibility of evil, there cannot be good. Good requires the possibility of evil. So when it comes to the topic at hand regarding uh, the beta mindset, when you suppress yourself, your authentic self in favor of being agreeable and going along to get along and fitting in all traits that we've seen displayed over the last few years uh, in one form or another, because people were afraid of being labeled something or being in the out group or killing grandma. Um, those things are what, uh, you know, when, when you're, <clears throat> when you're only going on the one you only want to play on, oh, I'm, I'm just going to go along. I'll be, I'll be a good person. I'll, I'll do whatever everyone else says is good. And, you know, because what well, we're all saying it's good. So let's just do, you know, I, I don't want to rock the boat. That mindset that le that lends itself to, uh, like Jordan was saying earlier, being obedient uh, to a fault to where you're just going to obey off a cliff. They say it's for your benefit for everyone else's benefit. And, this mindset of not allowing yourself to say like to disobey or to, or even in your own social circle, whether it's with your family or with your friends to say, Hey, I don't think, I don't think this makes a lot of sense what they're telling us about this, like what we should be doing. Um, Cause that was really, I mean, man, it's not as bad as it was now. Cause we got other things to distract people, but yeah. disagreeing on that was tense. I mean, it still is. But to a point that, like, even you, like, oh, hey, I like, I don't really, I don't wear a mask to this sort of, oh, my God. Like, really? I mean, like, that's just my choice, though. But you can't choose that. Why? Because you didn't allow yourself that? And, like, yeah, that's for most people. There was never a choice <laughs> because they they can only be good, whatever that means in the moment. Uh, when that allows a lot, like, what's the, what's the saying? The road to hell is paved with what? Good intentions. So nice people. Right. They always right. have good intentions in their actions, but when you suppress yourself, when you uh, don't allow yourself the ability to disobey because you s perceive obedience as a virtue, you're going to end up obeying to a fault to where you're like, oh, like Jordan's, you know, one thing leads to another. And before you know it, you're obeying, you're obeying with things that you never thought you would. And then you're also pissed at the people who aren't. Yeah, yeah. I think Robert brings up the good thing out here because we are talking about conflict and adversity. He says there is without adversity, there is no choice, mm. which is very true. Um, you have to choose, you have to choose how you act in the face of adversity. And what Jordan was saying here with uh, virtues, mm. how, how good men can't, or um, what do he say? Oh, uh, weak men can't be we virtuous. I think. Right, right, yeah. because they don't have any any moral principle to stand mm -hmm. upon to make a choice behind. Right, they're not allowed. Well, yeah, they're not allowing themselves to sin, so therefore they're you know being. Uh, if their only choice is always to be good, then that choice it's is not a choice. It's yeah. not a choice, right? So it's not you're not actually being good because you didn't never allowed your child yourself to connect with the part. You know the the classic 
image of the angel and the devil when the, the nice people are, oh, I'm only going to listen to the angel. And what if what if that angel happened to, you know, do experiments on dogs back in the day? Um, but yeah. hey, you know, he's the good guy. Come on. Yeah. Listen to me. There's only one like the the reason that that dynamic is like you got the one guy on the left hand and one guy on the right hand is because if you're only listening to one side, it's it can't there's nothing to balance it out. And inevitably it, right. the scales become tipped to where, Oh, I'm doing a good thing by what are you doing by locking somebody else up and putting them, throwing away the key? What? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'd also argue that having virtue or having principles, um, you know, requires you requires adversity to put those principles to the test because, if you say you're a principled person and you stand for uh, equality and, and you know you stand for certain you know certain hey, movements that happen yeah. you know they and, got the and, sign and, they, they're yeah standing. but if you're not standing. put in, into into moments of adversity you you can't evaluate those principles that you're that you're standing on does that make sense yeah um, for sure you know, and, and when push comes to shove, that's, I mean, the, aren't those the times when principles matter the most, you know, cause again, everyone it's yeah. a classic example, but everyone thinks they'd be the guy that wouldn't, you know, Heil Hitler, but right. it's obvious. It's not the case. The vast majority of people would, the vast majority of people go all the way with the Milgram experiment and they shock the guy until he dies. Yes. Like, and I, I think that's my, I think that's why we're seeing like these these people create these false narratives of white supremacy, racism, misogyny. Um, they're they're creating it's almost like a fake adversity or fake con conflict for them, mm. because the majority of the people yeah. that disagree with them do are they're none of those things, and they actually have actual, authentic, genuine conflict for the person holding those viewpoints mm -hmm. that that person is avoiding, like the plague. Because it, I think in the end, if they if they had to confront that, it would maybe make them change their principles a little bit, mm -hmm. it, you know. And and one of those principles possibly being like, I stand for whatever the current thing is, you know, like whatever the current social uh, mass that you know the whatever the current flow that the mass is in. Mm -hmm. That's what I support because we're a collective society and, and collectivism is better than the individual. Well, if that's a principle you stand on, I mean, you got, you got to bring <laughs> oh, that they, to the table. Facebook, <laughs> Facebook should have an opt-in uh, option for people to just opt into the NBC uh, programming line. So like, oh yeah. And it no, just changes your profile picture yeah, for you. It changes your profile picture. It has a bot to update yeah, your statuses. Yeah, yeah, no, it'll it'll hashtag like, oh, like oh don't you can just upload like you know just have your pictures constantly uploaded and like we'll pick out like a good photo that's relevant for that like don't worry man you don't even have to be on social media everyone else will just be seeing it and it'll just be everyone's become a bot that's that's where it's at where you go on reddit you can't tell the bot from the npc they're all the same thing it's the same thing that's the scary part you know that's the socrates socrates uh, unexamined life like it's yeah. <laughs> I was saying this to a friend earlier. I'm like, I don't understand. I can't relate to these people at all who just switch between these temporary profile pics. It's just 
<laughs> it's just, it's so far from what I was it's thinking. Mindless is what it is. It's, it's just so hundred percent. And then you have the ones going out and picking out, you know, you can't just have the, just the normal blue and yellow for Ukraine. You got to go out and find like a, like kind of a faded blue and kind of a hatched yellow, you know, you have to put your own little unique spin on something that's completely ubiquitous and not very, the opposite of unique. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah. I don't understand them either. It's inverted. Dude, everything is inversion. That's <laughs> what's this one? We, we got a comment here. It says, uh, wokesters usually melt like jello on a hot griddle. <laughs> challenge. Yes. Absolutely. yes, yes. And what is melting is their emotions, is, is what's going on. Uh, that's why yeah. they rush to avoid open debate and try to silence and deplatform all opposition to their worldview. Yeah, I wonder if yeah. they're trying to avoid that open debate because subconsciously they they know that their their emotional side is is prevailing, and they have no logic to argue with. Because I mean, that's, uh, yeah. that's what happens. Uh, I you know in all of my uh, forays into trying to uh, red pill on on social media and just seeing the responses. It's just not even a hard red pill. It's just like a little more, I don't know, authentic, like we're saying. A yeah. lot of the time, people will come in and just will chide you or try to derail the conversation. It's never an honest attempt at discussion. And anytime I've tried to, the vast majority end up distracting and stopping the conversation, one thing or another. And because they don't, they don't, they know, I think deep down that they've already, they've lost the debate. They never, they can't, they, but they don't care. Their only goal is to win one way or the other. It's just amazing what some people are willing to say they support while also supporting something completely in opposition to it. But, you know, that's, huh. it's 1984, dude. Yeah. Here we are. Um, I want to kind of touch on uh, the differences between, because I, I think uh, a common trait of what you would call a beta cuck would be somebody who's uh, overly nice or agreeable or somebody that's never going to speak out or like, is just the guy that gets walked on the guy that doesn't get the, you know, is always like, Oh, it's just, you know, I'm just, every girl thinks I'm a nice guy. Like I'm a nice guy. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the what's MTV gal was talking about and they never get laid you know is that mm -hmm. what you're talking about yeah exactly it's like why do you nice get in the guy. nice the nice guy zone well what's the difference between being kind and nice and i found this video on youtube i thought it was Outward expression of kind versus nice is very similar both appear to be good guys but that's where the similarity stops one of the differences are from the standpoints that each operates a nice guy tends to operate from a standpoint of insecurity along with inadequacy. And when doing nice things for other people, he's seeking validation and confirmation. He does it in a way to build himself up. The kind guy, definitely not so much. A kind guy comes from a position of confidence. He's doing good things for other people from a place of compassion and concern. The kind guy is not seeking validation or looking to build himself up. That's one of the differences between a nice guy and a 
kind person. Another problem with a lot of so-called nice guys, they're doing these nice things to curry favor from people. Doing yeah. Feel better that's, about themselves. I know. It's really about beta grooming, you can call it. I think we've <laughs> I guess yeah, I I it's it's a trait. I'm a nice yeah. guy, low key kind of predatory, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, all the guys, sorry, all the guys who would say, "Oh, I'm I'm a feminist." No, I'm a feminist. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. And what are you trying to do later? I knew, I knew a guy who was so like he was so willing to just do whatever it took to get laid and he would just like join all these activism you know groups they he would lay down on the road <laughs> you know like yeah. he would do whatever it took as long as like he knew it was kind of like you know the law of probability he thought you know it's like a real estate agent you get a mm. hundred leads yeah two of, them are gonna, two of them are gonna turn into sale you know the other 98 percent, you know yeah yeah but you put in the work you'll get there yeah, instead, I, of, I, instead I, of being I, a genuine person and having an authentic interaction or relationship with someone, dude. Speaking know. of that, I uh, this is uh, a story I was thinking in relation to that. But my one of my roommates in college told me that he literally asked out fifteen girls to the prom senior year, and they all obviously they turned him down. He's just like asking out random girls at that point. I was like, <sighs> dude, that's the most dedicated. Like, dude, I'd stop at like two or three, like. Oh, man, that's persistent. Yeah, I had a girl man, ask me failed. and I said yes because I was kind and felt bad for her. But it was not who I wanted to go with. <laughs> Can you imagine being the 15th girl, though? I mean, come on, though. Like, well, she probably didn't know she was the 15th. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. If by that point, she word got around, probably. like. Oh, uh, yeah, probably. Uh, but, hey, I'll give them credit for being persistent. Them, but on the other side, the kind man is not doing things to curry favor or to seek advantage. He's doing it from the kindness of his heart. Another key difference between a nice guy and the kind man is that the nice guy is modeling his behavior into what he thinks society considers to be a nice guy. He really, really <laughs> cares what other people think. That's why he's being nice, to try to define himself in the ways that he thinks society wants him to look and behave. The kind guy does not care what other people think. He's not modeling his behavior into what he thinks other people want him to do. He's doing things from a sense of generosity. He's doing things that he thinks people need from him. And that's a huge yeah. difference. The nice guy is constantly doing these nice things because he thinks people will like him more. The kind man could care less whether you like him. He wants you to feel good about yourself. Uh yeah. So sure. I like this guy. Mm -hmm. I know. I want to look into uh, more of his stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's succinct. So true. <clears throat> and that's like the nice guy, probably the characteristic of the beta male cuck. Mm-hmm. You know, is they're doing things for what uh, they they think other people want to hear about them, or well, and it also makes what well, makes that so-called niceness or kindness inauthentic. Because if if somebody's always nice, always, then they're nice no matter what. At some point, you're like, dude, are you just? <laughs> you're not. You're never gonna say anything bad, like bad about, like or. 
<clears throat> you know, maybe fly off the handle a little bit to where maybe you offend somebody, which is okay because you if you're if you're offending no one then you're not being authentic i'm sorry I, that's kind of how i feel yeah that's true that's like you can't be kind unless you have the capacity to be cruel mm-hmm. and, and yeah, again exactly. it's a choice it's a choice to make and then but then because you know by allowing yourself to fly off the handle a little bit and be a little bit more wild you yeah you you open yourself up to uh, maybe i said something i shouldn't have uh, to my significant other or my, my friend. And then I have to apologize, but also acknowledging that like I can be the better man and still apologize. And, and it's authentic. It's not because I'm being like n- nice guys. It's almost like the boy who cried wolf uh, syndrome where that niceness doesn't mean anything. It becomes this flat, flat lined, uh, you know, thing that like, if you're uh, uh, what is waiting hand and, feet hand and knee on your lady at every beck and call at any time uh it's gonna mean less when you're doing so-called acts of kindness because it's not authentic or it's not it's not genuine you know yeah exactly and you get to learn something if you make a mistake by being unkind Mm -hmm. and apologizing because that takes a certain ego death it does yeah because then you acknowledge like hey I can fly off the handle and know that I'll be able to, all right, you know what? I was, maybe I was took it too far there. I was like being an asshole, but like knowing that, Hey, I know my character. It's okay. If I say something and maybe somebody's offended to the point that they don't want to fucking talk to me ever again. Like, am I going to take that as a reflection of my character? Like, no, if you know, you've been in true to your principles, this shit doesn't matter. Um, and I want to end <clears throat> the series of clips with uh this guy mark mcdonald he's a psychiatrist uh in la and i actually read his book uh the united states of fear i highly recommend it and this kind of was what prompted this uh cuck mega cuck episode yeah is or monster cuck monster mega cuck (laughs) uh is this guy's work because he early on in the pandemic was breaking down just what he was seeing in his practice where he was noticing that, you know, the wife was being a lot more emotional about what was going on and a lot more fearful. And he was seeing husbands who would privately say like, I don't, I'm not, I don't feel as fearful, but I'm a basically happy wife, happy life, not going to speak out. And as a result, there is an imbalance um, going on playing out between men and women. Uh, and this is obviously more deep seated than just COVID, but I, I found it pretty relevant because I mean, COVID has been the most relevant thing in all of our lives over the last two years. So, uh, it really puts it in perspective and, uh, you know, (laughs) I'll give Mark McDonald credit just as a, a heads up, a trigger warning. Uh, the man hold holds no punches, so <laughs> he can be a little rough around the edges sometimes, uh, but I, I, it's authentic. Again, it's, it's what he's what he's doing. So I'm bringing it on. Um, that is following it, and that is, if one destroys through recurrent indoctrination laws, uh, breakdowns of of church values and family values, the biological and psychological distinctions between men and women 
if you remove the bipolarity of the male and the female, the masculine and the feminine, and you move everybody into a neutered position, which is essentially what transgenderism is actually, you will inherently destroy the most important qualities that counterbalance the man and the woman and that lead to uh, the collapse of society. And they are, for men, they are courage, bravery, taking risks, going out, bringing something back that can protect. Uh, yeah, the imbalance between um, what, I mean, it, when we're both, we don't know what it means to be a man or a woman anymore. So there's that equalizing that to some degree and not having a connection to uh, that part of ourselves is it kind of, it kind of leaves you like in a weird spot where you're trying to figure out how to relate to one another in a situation where gender roles aren't as obvious or clear. And like he said, it's like a, like you're not sure what, how you're supposed to relate to one another anymore. Like what's the appropriate thing? Cause, Oh, you can't be too much of a man. Cause that's toxic, but obviously you don't want to become full on beta. Right. Absolutely. And I think between men and women, you know, forming that natural partnership, it leaves us defenseless against any actual threat that's coming our way. And one thing about civilization is there's continuous threat. You know, it's not exactly. it's not a lovely state to be in, but it's a reality. And if you don't have, you know, and the only way to to kind of neuter, to use this guy's terms, that threat is to form strong bonds between men and women. And men and men, and women and women, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it's kind of genuine bonds, yeah, superficial ones that'll be, get broken once again. That your principles are tested, right? Because that's yeah. when that's when the pedal meets the floor. What I don't know what metaphor I'm going to use, but you know what I mean. It's like yeah, that's yeah, when yeah. it's actually tested because those bonds need to be strong through thick and thin. Uh, if they're not, it's exposed, and that's that's happened over the last two years for for uh, a lot of people, myself. Yeah, included. yeah. And this whole this whole other cuckery of this society too is, I swear to God, that's the, that's what they're depending on. I mean, we're not the first ones uh -huh. to see this, obviously, but they're depending on that to continue this masking on planes, to continue <laughs> yeah. this like oh businesses complying, even though the government's been shut down and it's right. it's been deemed this or that or unconstitutional. But to get the rest of society to push the agenda along itself, because they can't rely on government, not any government with a constitution anyway, they can't rely on that to push this agenda. They need the citizens to do it. Yeah, it's a, uh, and, and in some to some degree, like if you look at the lockdowns, all of that shit was never really enforced by law enforcement, at least not in America. Other countries, it was different, obviously, but. For the most, no, it was, it was all, forced by peers. It was all, yeah, it was all social because they knew it wasn't really lawful. And yeah. even the law enforcement, despite their crookedness in a lot of ways, were still like, no, that's not that's not a law. Um, yeah. And they'd even admit it. They're like, oh, don't worry, no one's been arrested. Don't like, it's just a, <laughs> right. basically a suggestion. Uh, <laughs> but so, but then yeah, the grocery store clerk or like the person that takes it serious to make your life a living hell yeah um, they're the one they're the the it's the what i call grassroots totalitarianism it's not big brother it's everyone around you is 
is already like they're the agent Smith. They're the one that is readily, even if tomorrow all of the bad guys in government left were arrested or like taken away and there's no more government and it's good. It's good form of anarchy, not chaos. Those guys are still going to be like, we still have to do it though. You know, like they're not going to give it up. It's part of their identity is to be authoritarian at this point. Uh, Cause yeah. it's from, yeah. from a position of being afraid, not willing to take responsibility for yourself. And yeah. And this is a constant theme of the show. Sorry to interrupt, but no, you're good. it's the inversion where the, yeah, exactly. um, you know, the, the authority, they were saying that the MTV lady was saying that, that cuck is used to, to put power over another person where it's actually, it's, it's the cuck that is putting power over on other people. You know, it's not the it's not calling it out. That's I when I when I it's a it's an an identifier to me. You know, I I I use that word to identify a certain types of people to you, mm-hmm. males, certain types of males. It's just an identifier. I'm not trying to put a power over. I don't think I've I don't think I've ever called someone a cuck. No, to their face. Sure. Yeah. But it does seem to be like a common characteristic of the cuck to mm-hmm. exert whatever power they can conjure up over another another person in, in whatever situation. They don't even know these people. And right. it seems like it's that much easier with the masks on as well. Yeah, it definitely helps. Well, think about this. Uh, were the brown shirts in Germany uh, and and elsewhere were were they uh, were they alphas or betas? I'd say they're betas, right? Like to to get to that point where you're willing to. I mean, they're just going along. They're just following orders. That's a beta move, right? Oh, I was just I was just doing it because I was told to. It's like the cop yeah. out, ultimate cop out. Um, and it's yeah. it's clear <clears throat> clearly if you're uh you know running a society. Uh, you want you want beta cucks, man. Like you want you want people to just comply until the end of time, because then you don't you don't have to do the dirty work. You know, you internalize that, and that's I think to some degree the cultural subversion that's happened in the in the West over, I mean, God knows how long. At least since I guess the '60s or whenever you want to pinpoint the influence of the Frankfurt school, but it's the cuckification of Western society is kind of been an intentional plan in my eyes to make it so that people are less resistant, less Mm -hmm. compliant or sorry, more compliant. Uh, And to some degree that's worked, but I, I think even despite all that programming, as we've seen with, especially Canada. And I think that was why Canada was so impactful because if you thought of a beta cut country, you think of the Canucks at a certain point, cause you got old Trudy up there running the show. Like the, yeah. the, the cuck of all cucks. Yeah. He's the cuck king of North America. Uh, Canuck king. I've, I've wanted to do a Canuck cuck. Canuck cuck. The Canuckin. Canuckin. <laughs> turducken or canucken yeah uh, um robert over here says that the yeah, cup the cuck is giving up control the cuck is a sub not a dom <laughs> but that's in that's in sexual terms 
I think what we're saying is is the cuck is 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 a dom or is a sub. It's submissive. Mm-hmm. But they're submitting to a a force or an energy that wants them to then dominate other people. Well, yeah. Well, that's the whole that's the whole Marxist trap, though, is like they're playing that oppression card, whether it's with class or race or any of the other uh, you know, elements that can be used in that it's a power dynamic. So you're using, I mean, think about it, the, the whole idea of using victim victimhood and victim mentality as literally a weapon is an inversion of power because power used to be based on your status, you know, by like, oh, you aren't like this or that. And, and also physical. Sure. Yeah. And now and we're it, talking about mental and, and mental power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and just in general, so like the, those values are now reflected in how people see themselves. And if you think about oppression, victimhood culture, a beta male, like that's more valuable or uh, uh, looked highly upon to in some social social circles than the alpha male uh, because, oh, he's he it's his it's not it's he recognizes that it's no longer his time. It's our time now. Yeah. And yeah. I, I just keep him on a leash. You know, I, I, uh, I put him, I'll put him in a, a cage when I, you know, I want to go out with the girls, make sure he doesn't leave the house, you know, uh, that's not on that level, but you know, it's yeah. uh, basically uh, for all intents and purposes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's, let's I, uh, I meant to say it's a psychological, con- uh, uh, psychological control, not mental mm-hmm. because the, the, you know, when we get into these these uh, characteristics or these these types of of characters, I mean, have you have have you ever known like somebody with a legit psychosis? Uh, yeah, they're psychologically dominant. I mean, no matter how put together you are, no matter how strong <laughs> you true. are, if you spend enough time with someone who is clinically insane, uh, you'll break. <laughs> you'll break. Oh yeah, and it's it's that strong because That's very true. When you don't operate in reality, you you can get your, you know, persuasions from all sorts of different sources, right? And I do mean that in in a, in a metaphysical and spirit way as well. But anyway, continue on. Yeah, let's uh, let's keep going with Mark here. So the movement now is to say there's no more distinctions. Women can be like men, men can be like women. And if men are no longer encouraged to act courageously and to take risks, to contain the feminine, which is the emotionality of the woman, and it's good, I'm not criticizing that, women are more emotional than men. They need that in order to remain connected to their children and also to provide the emotional nourishment to their husbands. They provide an absolutely critical component of life and life force. Femininity is not less than masculinity, it is complementary. But if we tell women that's not what they have, they're not offering that anymore. They need to compete with men. Now what we have is we have essentially eunuchs, men with no balls, and then we have histrionics, women who have no emotional containment because there are no men to contain them anymore. They suffer from a lack of verbal restraint because men can't tell them, look, 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 we better just tone this down a little bit calm down. You're going to be fine. We're going to get back to this later. So, and that belies the, the issue with uh, just always going along to get along happy wife, happy life. 
it's it, over time that th your wife is neither happy and your neither is your life because you Correct. slowly devolved yourself and you slowly yeah. submitted to whatever you know is asked of you no matter what, whether it's reasonable or not and that's that's yeah. not desirable but that speaks to the power of the unification between a man and a woman too mm -hmm. that if one is then the other must also be <laughs> robert says nope fuck her okay because if you say that you're a misogynist you're attacking the woman's power if we don't have those restraints on women from men healthy loving assertive restraint then women and I said this for the long time in the last year, women are now out in the street running around Karens, as they say, turning people in for violating ridiculous, irrational rules. Like my friend who went to the zoo yesterday and he was tossing bananas at the chimpanzees and this woman comes up to him and starts yelling at him, turns him into the zookeeper and berates him in front of his children for being a bad father. You wouldn't have seen this three or four years ago, but you're seeing it now. And it's women who are doing this, not men, it's women. But the men are out there with their masks on showing that they have no balls. And do you think that that makes women feel safe? I've talked to police officers, female police officers, who say, when I leave my house and I see men with tats and guns, and this is out in the woods, and I see them wearing a mask, this does not make me feel protected. This makes me feel scared. Because if they're afraid of this virus, if they're so scared that they're going to die from this woo flu, what's going to happen when the bear comes out of the woods? What's going to happen when the rapist tries to attack me? What, what's going to happen when my children are going to be kidnapped by the man in the park? What are they going to do with their mask on? Say, please, please stop, please, please. They're not going to put their lives on the line. They won't even put their mouth on the line. <laughs> so I think this is a huge problem, the attack on the masculine, the feminine, the male and the female. And we're turning men into cowards. We're turning women into histrionic control freaks, bitches. And I'm not attacking women. In fact, I think the women are really losing on this. They're, they're, there's more divorce, more loneliness, more sadness, depression in women than ever before. 40, 50-year-old women who are childless, unmarried, crying into their haagen every night because they missed out on a relationship because they thought that their job was to go get that career and fight off that masculine patriarchy. And the men are all alone playing games and masturbating and using pot to palliate their, their own pain. It is disaster. Wow. <laughs> right? Yeah. Who's this, who's this guy? Throwing it down, Mark McDonald. Mark McDonald, good on you, Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I recommend that book. It's uh, a very, I, I it's just ideas that I didn't really think about. Like I, you know, surface level, I've been kind of noticing some things, but when he uh, laid it out and with relevant examples to current times, and then I see this pattern uh, playing out in so many instances of relationships, I know where I can tell what the guy thinks maybe a little bit more along the lines that I do, but is unwilling to uh, whether to say it with his own relationship or say it publicly. You yeah. know, and it's just like, um, it's just interesting. Uh, well, he's too ugly to get canceled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. They don't need to. Right. Yeah. What's the, what's the name of the book? Uh, the United States of Fear. United States of Fear. Okay, you told me about that. This, mm -hmm. this is the guy. Sweet. Yeah. Crazy. 
let's uh he has a solution though and i do think this is um i mean it's a start at least that's a starting point for how we can regain uh regain that male vitality and alex would say uh, well what can we do what I tell people on a psychological level is you can act in spite of your fear. You can take a risk. You can show and display courage, particularly men. Men more than anything right now must show courage. They must put something on the line, their job, their relationship, their uh, social status or position in their community, and fight for truth, fight for what's, what's, what's real. And, and you know what it is. Men know what it is. They just don't have the balls to put it out there. They need to fight. They need to stand up at a local level, wherever they happen to be anywhere in the world. That is that is absolutely paramount. Pretty simple. Yeah. <laughs> Drive yeah. that truck down to, down to the Capitol and just honk away. That's a start, you know? Um, this is start. This is start. Uh, this is, I'm hearing this local. This I mean, the battle for local is, is coming. To all of us. Mm -hmm. so. Now we're going to have to, you know, <clears throat> you can hope and uh, you know, flee to Florida or go to, you know, Texas or any other place that you think is a better option. But yeah. <clears throat> one way or the other, it's it's going to like it's you just I mean, if you're in California, that's maybe a different story. But, um, you know, well, that's that's more of a tax situation, I think. Yeah. Than culture, you know, well, I mean, dude, they're talking about mandating it, mandating it for like everybody if you're an, yeah. in, an independent contractor so yeah, um, yeah. obviously we'll see we'll see if that i mean but then again uh there will be counties that will just be like yeah we're not enforcing that our, 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 we're not going to do that uh, i think they're yeah. in, in california no less so um again it's one of those things where yeah you're probably right it's more just the tax thing than like the unconstitutional laws because you get the right sheriff in town you can you can make some headwinds and if you put i mean if you raise hell I mean, look at san francisco they just overturned like how many people got voted out of the uh, school board school board right francisco, yeah yeah of all places and because yeah. people took a chance and organized and pushed back and the same thing with public health or same thing with um you know like the uh city council or anything like that like you can make a difference and even honestly as trivial as it is for for me it's not but uh even just saying something on facebook where you air it out to all the people in your life where you're like hey you like and respect me i assume right um well i here's an opinion that you may not like but i think you might need to hear and regardless of if you are offended or disapprove of this I'm still going to say it because I know it's what needs to be said. And I also want to normalize this behavior for other people because right. yeah. truly the only way that we uh, can hope to revert uh, some of this tyranny and this totalitarian mindset is to just start being more courageous uh, in every situation we can. That's practical and reasonable um just to the hundredth monkey thing like you start doing it other people might maybe start following along it's i mean it's the only way that i can see forward from an individual perspective at the very least speaking truth like mark said 
I mean, it's a liberating feeling in and of itself, but it's also like these are the the actual seeds of real change that have to happen. Um, and taking a position on something, not because it's the socially acceptable uh, thing to do, but because it's the right thing to do, regardless of if it is acceptable or not. So, yeah, I agree. And, you know, there's a, the Pascal's wager element to that too that you know it doesn't really hurt well i guess it actually i might be wrong because it might hurt to just do do that you might lose relationships but Mm -hmm. in more reference to making a difference or changing minds it if you don't change minds you know nothing really happens but if you do change minds you're glad you you said something yeah you know no matter you you wouldn't have otherwise even if you lose 10 friends and family members for one person that says you know what i'm glad you said that uh keep saying it yeah uh and i've it's the ratio i think i actually don't know what the ratio is because most of the people that disapprove are always silent so you silent exactly um and so there's probably quite a few but regardless even the ones even the ones that that do approve or do agree with you they're still silent there's, there's so many people yeah. oh, yeah, in real life they say, yeah. they say oh I, I saw your facebook post on that thanks for posting that and it's like <laughs> yeah oh you've you've had people say that in real life yeah yeah, yeah. I, it's just like you never know you never know my sister even she's she's seen stuff and she references what i post on facebook and i'm like shit it, at least i know it's reaching somebody because as far as i feel like i feel like i've been shadow banned you know from mm-hmm. all my friends and family <laughs> i definitely i wonder that sometimes too yeah but i mean it's 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 worth it to be authentic no matter the cost because otherwise you're just slowly dying inside i know that from personal experience and yeah. Uh, yeah. we don't need a we don't need a society of people who are um just slowly dying inside you know we need people no. that are vibrant you know and, uh, connected to what they actually believe yeah We'll figure. I mean, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll at least we'll see it. I I think we'll at least you and I will at least see it to a point where it changes one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Either more people are going to be, you know, fall into the trap and just be, you know, not authentically themselves, living a life, just breathing, mm-hmm. or we're going to see more people, you know start to contemplate and be a little more introspective on what it actually means to be alive. And I think that's happening uh, in a large scale for a large number of people. You're always going to have the ones who don't, the people that um, will always obey and capitulate and repeat everything else. Everyone's saying because of the fact that everyone else is saying it. But I do think there's been a, a pretty big shift in the, the situation in Canada, which is honestly why, you know, the Ukraine situation is so frustrating, too, because it's like, man, that shit just got swept under the rug so fast. And it was yeah, we never really, got to see how it, got, it played out. I know. I mean, it's stuff stuff's still going on. It's just it, it literally took the wind out of those like the collective uh which makes me think a lot of this is scripted and planned in that way because of man, it was perfect timing. God Perfect. damn. Man, Putin really did a solid for his boy Justin. I mean, come on. 
and dope too. But he did also did a solid for the. I mean, he's just the universal man apparently because he, he did sure the rest is. of us a solid by just getting rid of the coof. He's Trump. Did you not know that he is literally Trump? Sorry, that's what. Uh, uh, that's not what I think. That's what I've heard. Uh, oh, got you, got you. Is so he's very convenient. What you're saying because yeah. he's now the he's the Russian. Uh, like they just rotate between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Between the orange and the Russian, you know. It's a, it's, yeah, I thought it's I thought you meant that in a different way. I'm, I'm my sarcasm. <laughs> Ears are gone. Well, yeah. What did you think? Did you uh, were you expecting to go down this uh, this <laughs> uh, cuck uh, level here? I mean, not in this in this way. I um, this is a little more intellectual than I than, than I have seen. Oh, in the uh, in the vast space of the internet. Good. Well, I, that's yeah. uh, I'm I'm glad to. That's that's. I take that as a compliment, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you didn't bring in. Although I wouldn't have minded, you didn't bring in uh, Aids Skrillex and Carl the Cuck. <laughs> See that that you know we could do for the the cuckening too. We could. I mean, we're gonna have cuck throwbacks. We're gonna need to. Oh, yeah, because yeah, we've talked about it in other episodes, not in this term. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've 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 talked about this problem in our society many, many times. And it's not it's not going away anytime soon. I think it'll mm-hmm. get, get a lot worse. Uh I mean we got uh a whole generation of 20 of year olds out there that are <laughs> They're gonna have to go through some sort of rite of passage. Oh yeah, I want to sh- start helping that process as much as I can. I don't know. That's I, I feel for those kids, but yeah, yeah. You know, and it needs to be somebody else or a group other than Nick Fuentes and uh, <laughs> louder with Crowder and yeah, uh, right. Yeah, you know I, I, Shapiro. I don't know if those are the the right. I, there's some cuckery in all of them as well. Yeah, the controlled ops. It's all it's all part of it to paint it as one thing or another. Part of the culture war, make it part of the dialectic. So you argue against your own self interest because oh, I don't want to be seen as a Republican. Oh, yeah. keep wearing the mask. But <laughs> um, we need less of that. We need more uh, courage and authenticity. And I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it on that note. All right, let's leave it there then. Till next time. This is good. I uh, I'm looking forward to more of this. Good deal. Well, we shall talk again real soon. All right.